0: This podcast is sponsored by 10 of those. If you're at the recent T4G conference, you probably went to the bookstore. It was run by 10ofthose.com. They want to serve the local church by bringing the best books from across the publishers at super low prices to conferences and churches across America. So if you're involved in running a conference or perhaps you have a women's retreat coming up or a church anniversary weekend, invite 10ofthose.com to provide a pop-up bookstore. There is no charge for them to come. They'll recommend resources and serve you really well, taking care of all the stock, the cash register, sales tax, et cetera. And they come for conferences and churches of 300 people or more. They can also help you if you're doing things online. They can provide you with a customized online bookstore for your church, and there's no charge for that either. Email their team to get your bookstore set up. That's sales.us at 10 Sales.us at 10 Baptist
1: 21 is a pastor-led voice for Southern Baptists in the 21st century. The B21 podcast will discuss current issues in the SBC with Southern Baptist church leaders. To check out more resources, visit us at baptist21.com.
0: Well, welcome to the Baptist 21 podcast, where we have conversations about what it means to be Baptist in the 21st century. Uh, and today on the the podcast, we're going to have uh, Mark Dance. He's the director of pastoral wellness at Guidestone. He's been a pastor. We're going to talk about uh, those sort of things. We're going to talk about wellness and um, just a, a bunch of different questions around that. But Mark, thanks for being on the podcast. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Look forward to the conversation. Well, Mark, tell us just a little bit about you, kind of how you came to know the Lord, uh, how you got into ministry, what kind of ministry you've done, and then how you made your way over to Guidestone.
1: Sure. I've... I grew up in Tyler, Texas, a deacon's kid at Green Acres. My parents were there 50 years. So I had a great legacy, of uh, missionary church, and then and saved in 1980 at youth camp. Gave my oh. life to the Lord. I was 15. Next year, surrendered to the ministry and hadn't hadn't looked back. Um, Yeah, I started pastoring really, really quickly. I uh, was 20, uh, just turned 23. And was uh, my second year of seminary, and got married that year. Took second year Greek. It was a, <laughs> it was overwhelming. <laughs> I was way in. Year. That's awesome. All the same year, yeah. It was crazy. It was crazy. That's awesome. So I got to pastor churches uh, uh, there in San Antonio at first at the seminary, and then planted a church in East Tennessee. Was there oh, wow. for ten years uh, in the nineties in mm. Kingsport, Tennessee, and then uh, Second Baptist Conway uh, was there for fourteen oh, yeah. years mm. in. North of Little Rock, and then Tom Rayner asked me to start Lifeway Pastors eight years ago, and mm. I've, so I've been pastoring pastors, done a couple of interims as well. Amen. And now I'm, I'm doing that with Godstone.
0: It's awesome. That's awesome. So or, so you're a Texas guy. So who's your college team? I grew up
1: I grew up uh, with a Baylor dad, a Baylor uh. pastor. My sister went to Baylor. I mean, I don't remember not rooting for Baylor.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I'm still rooting for Baylor.
0: And those early eighties would have been uh I guess when Singletary would have been there.
1: That's right. And Grant Taft was the coach, and those were good days. Uh it, those were good days. Yeah.
0: We grew up in Dallas, so we came down to watch I'm fairly certain my dad reminded me the other day that it was Baylor versus USC. Uh wow. in the early eighties. Yeah. Come on. The fact that USC came to Waco. Man, you wouldn't see people doing that kind of thing today. Nobody travels to play, unfortunately. Um, And then did you go to Southwestern? What seminary did you go to?
1: I went to, uh, after Howard Payne, I went to Southwestern for my MDiv and Southern for my D-Man.
0: Awesome. Well, I do want to talk about uh, some of the work you do at Guidestone. We're thankful for Guidestone. They've been a good partner to Baptist 21. But I, I want to start with just this question. You know, a lot of our listeners know most of the SBC entities, uh, but maybe your average Southern Baptist doesn't know a ton about what Guidestone does. They may even think like, "Oh, God, Guidestone, yeah, what do they do? Annuity stuff? When they call the Annuity Board?" But <laughs> just tell us a little bit about what Guidestone does and why it's a key entity for our SBC cooperation.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I'd, I'd be one of those guys. I mean, your head, your head's down. You're doing. You're pastoring your church. You know, if Guidestone's managing your retirement, you check in. Uh, If they're if they're managing your insurance, you check in. But otherwise, you're just you're just trying to, you know, get after it, and Mm -hmm. that's kind of what we want. We want to keep you vertical. Uh, We want to help you start (laughs) start well and finish well. And really, Mm -hmm. uh, I've only been here since January, so I'm on a steep learning curve about Godstone. Man, I've been impressed with not just their skill but their attitude, how they're Mm -hmm. really leaning in to help pastors finish well um i mean the the financial security obviously that's an issue for every everybody yeah uh, ministers included and you know they've been doing that for over 100 years that's how that's why we started mm-hmm. was to help ministers to to finish well yeah. and Amen. so yeah. yeah so protecting yeah. themselves with insurance and then the retirement and investment mm-hmm. side of things they manage my money and I'm 57, Nate. Mm. So yeah, I keep an eye on how things are going. But, uh, <laughs> I've had, I've had this conversation so often, this was in church yesterday and mm. I wasn't preaching Sunday. I was at, was at my, our church and and someone introduced me to somebody in the hall and he was like, mm. uh, tell me about a financial meltdown because he, he took his money out of Guidestone for a mm. couple of years because a friend was an investor. And then he's like, man, that's the worst mistake ever made. (laughs) I said, listen, here's the common mistake among pastors. We either cash out or opt out. Those are the two obvious (laughs) ones. Mm. And we panic when we try to do something that we're not prepared to do. And so Godstone helps, uh, do that, you know, take on wall street and all those other things with that. Yeah. Um, so that's what they do.
0: So you're, you're in uh, kind of over pastoral wellness. I mean, obviously this is a time when, um, yeah, the challenges that pastors face is yeah always, it's always really tough, but this just seems to be a season, uh, maybe the last decade has seemed like a season of just, you got pastoral failings, disqualifications, you have pastoral health issues, all kinds of things. Uh, so we want to talk about that and even what your role is there. So maybe start there, what, what are some of the biggest uh, issues, challenges that pastors are facing that... that tend to help, uh, tend to make us not finish well.
1: Yeah, that is the most, uh, common thing I'm asked to talk about. And Mm -hmm. I've kind of dialed it in these, not exhaustive lists. It's just me kind of keeping it, Mm. uh, where I, it makes sense to me. The the biggest, the biggest challenges, even pre COVID, but especially in the last two or three years, been fear, fatigue, and frustration. Those are, Mm -hmm. those are kind of the buckets I put. The, the biggest challenges in right now mm-hmm. um and I think the fatigue part is Whew. is if I could identify one of those mm. would be the things that comes to the surface the most mm. so as as far as fatigue in in terms of comprehend I mean, that's a that's a very broad term right sure so so you think okay is this mental fatigue is it spiritual fatigue is this physical fatigue Mm. And the fact is we can't over compartmentalize our lives. The scripture doesn't do that. Right. Mm. So, so when the smartest guy in the room asked Jesus what the greatest commandment was, he already knew the answer. Everybody in the room did. They all nodded. Yeah. And he said, love the Lord, your God with all your heart. So he said it every morning, every night As did his parents and grandparents, but it's still the most important thing. Right. And it involves our heart, our soul, our mind, our, our physical strength. Mm. And so, I think the fatigue that we and I was pastoring, I was interim pastor, which is like a grand pastor. <laughs> it's a, it sounds a lot easier than it is, but uh, especially if the church is upside down, but you know, during COVID, especially I think fatigue set in on another level.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: And which um, uh, it led to a lot of speculation. I'll say speculation mm-hmm. because it's, you know, it's speculation, and you know, we're gonna quit, they're gonna quit. And I'm telling you, Nate, the there's more people underestimating the power of God and underestimating pastors and their the the, the strength of their call than ever mm. before. Mm. It is unbelievable. It's like, you know, pastors don't have a history of bailing whenever yeah. there's a problem. Yeah. Right? And there's no evidence that pastors are quitting in, in droves or the great resignation or whatever they want to call it, mm. it's, it's not transpiring. That doesn't mean that they're not more exhausted. They are, mm-hmm. we are, if you, if you're not, you're not pastoring hard enough, <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when Barna yeah. said 68% of, the, uh, pastors are frequently overwhelmed, Lifeways, similar study, 54%, they're always a little different. It's like, I'm wondering about the other 32%. Wait, are you not, are you not, I mean, have you not,
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) come on. Yeah, absolutely. They're not being honest, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I've been
1: overwhelmed Mm. several times.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have heard a lot more pastors seem to be expressing that more clearly uh, in a, in a kind of post COVID world. Sure. When you, so you, you know, pastor 27 years, what, what were some of the things that you faced that were, that were challenges like in the fear, fatigue and frustration categories?
1: Yeah, I think for me it uh it was the fatigue. And these things they're like cascade into right. each other, right? right? Fear fear leads to fatigue. Uh fatigue leads to frustration. And some do quit. Mm. Um but for me it was a dozen almost 13 years ago I was very close to quitting. I was I was not just wanting to quit my church. Uh, which was the one in Conway. I was in the middle of that pasture, in the middle of a relocation, a huge historic, you know, we bought 50 acres next to the second largest college and, and, and they already built the first building. So you had all these good things going on, but I had completely run out of gas. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, and a lot of us get that way. Um, mm. and, and it wasn't the first time, but it was, it was, usually you kind of shake it off and maybe take a couple of weeks off but it set in yeah. and I was confused because I didn't have any moral meltdowns or anything, but I had, um, I was different. Mm -hmm. I was different for, um, I I couldn't lead my life, my, my family, my church. I couldn't lead period, which is a huge part of our job. Right. 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 I mean, that's, that's the word in our job description. First Timothy three is manage and lead. Same word. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, used in Romans 12 as a gift, but I, uh, so I did something radical for a pastor, a caregiver. Uh, it's counterintuitive uh, for us to ask for help, isn't it? Mm, mm. And so I asked my doctor, who is a member of my church. We've been on a couple of mission trips, medical team trips uh, to China, and we're roommates there, and I just asked, is there something different about me? And he asked me questions that doctors ask about how you sleep and eat. I was a, I was six, one, 167 pounds. I couldn't gain weight. I couldn't mm. sleep. And you know, the insomnia led to paranoia and just weirdness, just thoughts. Mm. Mm. And I, I mean, I could, you know, when the Cowboys fumbled, I didn't care. They scored. I didn't care. That was one of the, that was one of the concerns in my mind. You know, I was mm. like, Hey, yeah. you know, I don't care. Yeah. Um, so he said, well, this is not uncommon for a guy. Is driven like you mm-hmm. are in the early 40s, very common actually. Mm-hmm. You're, he, he diagnosed me as, as being clinically depressed, gave me some gave me prescription. He said, you know, we'll try this, small dosage, but you know, uh, a week later. Now, I never talked to anybody about mental health. I took a counseling class at seminary, that's the extent of what I knew, but I also took a music class. I didn't know about that either. You know, <laughs> they make it theology, yeah. so go to these classes we don't want to go to. But, um, Anyway, they uh, a week later, uh, a lady from our church who was a licensed therapist, mental mm. health professional, was new to our church, came by the office, set an appointment, and had two questions. Do you, know men- do you know that you're clinically depressed was her first question. I was like, yes, ma'am, I do. And she said, oh, good. <laughs> well, I, just, I just found out last week. You know, I don't even know what it means, but right. I know I don't have time for it. But yeah. <laughs> uh, second question, um, are you taking anything for it? And again, I said, yes, ma'am, I am. And she said, oh, good, because, you know, you thought I'd do some preacher thing. And I said, I don't know if it works. I just picked it up Wednesday. And I had I, that doctor and therapist uh, and my wife, a couple of staff members, a couple of deacons, also kind of formed a, a dance team to get me healthy again. And and I did. I I I, uh, I met with that therapist for the next five years. Just if nothing else to hear, you're healthy, Right. I was on that medication almost a year, and it was so helpful to me but to be honest with you, I learned a lot about mental health, hmm. which is clearly in scripture, not just in the great commandment but um and physical health and spiritual health and all these things that sometimes overlap and was able to to later help other pastors and you know almost everywhere I go, I'm blowing the stigma out of the room about mental health because I want them to know that if you face this challenge, or you think you might. One, don't self-diagnose, and two, mm. don't hesitate to ask for help. Cuz you're not proficient at other people's professions. Don't diagnose self-diagnose your physical or spiritual health either. Have somebody help you out. Yeah. Mm. And I got help.
0: This podcast is sponsored by 10 of those. If you're at the recent T4G conference, you probably went to the bookstore. It was run by 10ofthose.com. They want to serve the local church by bringing the best books from across the publishers at super low prices to conferences and churches across America. So if you're involved in running a conference or perhaps you have a women's retreat coming up or a church anniversary weekend, invite 10ofthose.com to provide a pop-up bookstore. There is no charge for them to come. They'll recommend resources and serve you really well, taking care of all the stock, the cash register, sales tax, etc. And they come for conferences in churches of 300 people or more. They can also help you if you're doing things online. They can provide you with a customized online bookstore for your church, and there's no charge for that either. Email their team to get your bookstore set up. That's sales.us at 10 Sales.us at 10 That's good. I want to ask then, so not just obviously your, your doctor, a therapist, what are some other things that you would just encourage pastors to, uh, who are facing fatigue, in particular, uh, you know, thinking through things like sabbaticals and cooperation with other yeah. pastors and and resources, and then and then even more practically, also how GuideStone is helping uh, pastors stay healthy. So just practical advice there.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, take the Sabbath seriously. I mean, pastors, we we play hooky all the time, you know, and we put, use the God card. It's just ridiculous. Mm. It's like mm. it's not a command. It is a command. It was punishable by death originally, <laughs> right? I mean, this is got more commentary on it than anything mm. else. It's not, it's not rocket science. Sabbath means stop. And God said, hey,
0: mm.
1: take a day off. Don't pray about taking a day off. Just take it. Mm. And if you don't have time, you're not managing your time and mm. your life well. So if if we don't Sabbath, and I'm talking again that the, the last two interims were hard because they had full time jobs, right? As, as well. So you know, half the people listening have, or are, are at least are, by vocational pastors. So don't don't you know don't tune me out here. This isn't just for full time people, right? And same with sabbaticals. Sabbatical may not everyone most will not have that opportunity, but that doesn't mean that you can't have a version of it, mm. right? And I introduced that to my last two pastorates, uh, to the church. And, you know, it was during the headlights, kind of like, what's a sabbatical and how's that different from academia. And so if you're a pastor and you walk through that, um, with them, you're helping the, your successors and other staff, if you have them as well to learn the importance right. of stopping and intentionally recharging and how that helps, um, not only yourself, but others. Hmm. So Sabbath is a, is a weekly thing. A sabbatical might be every five or six years, Yeah. but the most practical thing I can tell you is every day, make sure the great commandment is obeyed. There's nothing more important that you'll do today than walk with Jesus. Period. Hmm. Hmm. So still great, greatest, still most important grace, love the Lord with all your heart. So that's a Sabbath every day. Every week, stop doing your job. If your church blows up in the twenty-four hours that God told you to stop, then blame Him for it. All right, but I think He's pretty good at, <laughs> at being sovereign, right? He doesn't mm-hmm. need our help as hey, much no, as we think.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's good. That's good. What are some things that GuideStone's doing practically to help in that area so that pastors can 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 stay on the on the the course and finish strong?
1: Yeah, that's a great question because. Uh, you know, this position, this pastoral wellness position is brand new as, as is our present, uh, Dr. Hans Dilbeck. Yep. And, and so this is very, t- this is his second time to hire me, by the way, because <laughs> so I knew, I knew what his priorities were. Pastoral health is his top. He, mm. he personally wants to do everything he can, spend mm. every waking hour helping pastors, uh, finish well. And that starts with starting well. In fact, um. I, this is why this this podcast is so important, Nate. Because mm. I know I've been following you guys. I went to your first few events because Brant Wagner is part of that. Uh, so yeah. So his dad and I would go bust up in there with our gray hair and uh, try try to blend in. But um, no the um, but Guidestone is doing something right now internally that we we hope to uh, build on, and mm. that is we're doing an internal pilot right now with some online counseling just with our employees mm. made it, made it available this summer. And we had almost a hundred employees take us up on that. Mm. Um, but we've already been insuring, uh, our employees and, and our, you know, I think there's like 250,000 clients. You have act, you have insurance to cover that, but it's not necessarily for biblically based counseling. Right. One of the, one of the things that you can, um, so we're, we're working on this now. But one of the things that you can access today if you if you're not sure what to do, um you can go to guidestone guidestone dot org slash mental health and there's a mm. list of counselors that you can find and organizations that help you find biblically based counselors that are local to you, whether it's online or in person or a hybrid that's of those great two.
0: that's great yeah that's great. I you, you know one one of the things that's probably important to 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 ask and you talk about starting strong but we all we all want to finish well we want to hear uh, well done good and faithful servant paint a picture for us about what that would look like in the life of a pastor um to to not obviously just endure but to endure well uh to the end.
1: Yeah. Well, I I'm I'm going to answer that. But I'm gonna turn that on you, Nate, because I want to hear yeah. your your answer to that question. It and, and and what does it look like for you in your mind to finish well?
0: Yeah, I mean, given the given how the landscape is right now, I, I think obviously that would mean finishing with uh integrity, finishing with the character and the qualifications that you would see lined out in somewhere like first Timothy three and Titus one. Uh, I don't I think just on the way I read the scriptures, I'm not called to be uh, not necessarily to have great numbers connected to my ministry, but I am called to be faithful and so and let the Lord uh, do what he will with with that ministry. and so uh, be faithful to the word. so it, it really kind of can boil it down to being uh, watching my life and doctrine and to to do so in such a way that obviously hopefully feeds the sheep and equips the saints for the work of ministry. It could look a lot of different ways as far as the actual pragmatic results, but I think finishing well for me would mean, uh, obviously keeping my integrity and my character, uh, and, and, Good. and, and passing on, uh, sound, the sound, you know, sound doctrine. So.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. I think we all have a, man, I, I want to be, and you know, when I finish and that different people have different definitions of that, so well. some are sort of <laughs> allergic to the word retirement. Okay. So financially independent, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but, um, you know, we've, we've all have our heroes. We all have mm. heroes that didn't finish that have disqualified themselves. And so we don't want to disqualify ourselves. We don't want to embarrass our family. Don't want to embarrass the Lord or our testimony. Like Mm. you said, we're going to have our doctrinal integrity, our personal integrity. So, so the last time, you know, Paul talks to Timothy that that we get a glimpse of it other than the writing, you know, second Timothy, um, is in my latest with Timothy and his elders and they're all crying like babies (laughs) because, you know, because I'll never see you again. And and I don't know what's around the corner, but it's, it's scary. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what he says to, uh, to Timothy and the others, my purpose, this is uh, Acts mm, 20, 20. yeah. Yeah, 24. My purpose is to finish my course in ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus. I want to finish well. And then three verses later in verse 28, uh, be on guard for yourselves mm. and the flock, mm. right? And then you mentioned, um, uh, you kind of parap- uh 1 Timothy 4. 16, pay close attention to your life and your doctrine or teaching, mm-hmm. um, persevere or persist in doing this. You say <clears throat> not only yourself, but also your, your hearers. hearers. yeah. And, and so those are like, man, motivators for me because I, I get to, I get to pour my life into helping ministers uh, not only start well, but finish well. Mm. And so the I think one of the secrets to, to a strong finish is, is to start, a strong start, mm. which a Guidestone person helped me out when I was, before I pastored my first year, right out of college, uh, right before I got married, had a conversation. I don't even remember his name. I don't remember what he looks like. I mean, it was, you know, 35 years ago. And I was, I was making the same stupid mistakes that most Americans make. I was, you know, <laughs> I had a business degree because I, on purpose, because I knew I was going to seminary. And to broaden my education. And the first thing I did, first thing I did was buy a VCR. So you, mm-hmm. you have permission to laugh at me here. All right. So, because it was like the latest in technology. This oh, is 1986, okay. and I have a business degree, but I can't afford one, you know, seminary student. So I, I go to Montgomery Wards and charge, I get a credit card from Montgomery Wards and charge a VCR of 10 bucks a month. That thing is going home with me, and I can watch movies from my house. What a radical concept. So, anyway, Uh, I do that. And of course I end up paying for it twice with interest and everything. And somewhere in between when I made that mistake and, um, and got married, I I talked to a Guidestone guy, talked to my wife, my future wife, Janet. It's like, Hey, why don't we do things different? I know it's normal for pastors to overspend and overeat. And there's a lot of things that we have a reputation for. What if we do it differently? So I'm, I'm almost 23 when I had that little experience. I was like, that's the time to get in. If you if you tell them pay attention to your life, pay mm. attention to your guard your. If you tell them that in midstream, uh, they've already had practices. So that was the last time Nate, because I listened to somebody, my wife and this guide zone guy, that I paid a penny of credit card interest it was mm. in 1986, and that puts me in a different position today because I got on the right side of compound interest. And hmm. and it's not because I got paid a lot of money as a pastor, but because I learned to live within my means and I wanted to uh someday be financially independent from kids I didn't even have yet, right? I don't want to depend on my kids, I don't want to depend on the government, I don't want to depend on anybody other than Jesus. And I you know, but also that that determines how I eat and exercise. Cause I managing my life is comprehensive. And and to keep the finish line in front of mine, Mm. is leads to some of the decisions where resilience factor in today because those compound decisions, the good ones and the bad ones. I'm responsible for all those decisions. Yeah. No one says no one else is responsible to manage my life. I can have accountability partners and I do and mentors, which I do and and et cetera, but there's no one more responsible than I am for leading me. Mm. So. Anyway, that's,
0: that's good. That's good. good. Give, give us just some final words of counsel. Again, I think sometimes pastors, you even said this already, we just, we don't ask for help. We we think we're maybe even think we're self-sufficient sometimes, um, give some final words of counsel to pastors to say, no, 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 this is something you need to take really, really seriously. Uh, soul care is really, really important. Uh, so give some final, just pastoral advice and counsel for pastors as they think through mental wellness in particular.
1: Yeah, sure. you know, two things quickly that are not new. I don't have any, I don't have anything to say new. I'm Honestly, you. everybody listening already knows the answers. We teach them, mm. right? I'm okay. just encouraging you to do what you already know. But the two mm. things, you're Aaron and her, the people that hold your arms up, hold you up. Uh, there is your spouse, if you're married, or future spouse. Um, And the other one is somebody that you trust. Them, that's not on your org chart. Okay, because there's, you know, we have forms of accountability that are just a joke, but somebody that is not impressed with you, not intimidated by you, etc. So in that, as Janet, my wife and Paul Coleman, since 1982, every week Mm. we talk and he asks me hard questions. And between those two people, um, the things that I I try to live out, I have someone helping me to uh, to manage my life and if you want the if you want the the most important one is janet and to the best advice i can give you there which does affect your ministry is to keep pursuing your spouse when the bible says leave and cleave in genesis 2 and jesus mentions it again you know you understand what leave is break up with your parents and then um but to cleave is to pursue hard that's Mm. what it means and it's not what you do before you say I do; it's what you do after you say I do. And your dad does a great job of 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 strengthening ministry marriages, and Janet and I get to do that as well. And it's such a practical, important part of your ministry and extension of your ministry to build to prioritize your spouse above your kids, above your parents, above your church members. And when you do that, man, uh, you're you're not going to finish well. You're going to have a lot of a lot more fun in between the start mm-hmm. and the finish.
0: Amen. Amen. That's good. I uh yeah, very much appreciate uh that counsel and uh I do I do really want pastors who are listening in particular to take advantage of these sort of resources. I just I think again sometimes we think we're very we can be self-sufficient. We don't want to ask for help. Uh even in what you were saying about having somebody in your life that's not impressed with you. I jokingly say you know i have three brothers who if i do something stupid they're 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 there to make fun of me and it's a ministry <laughs> it's a ministry to me to make fun of me and you really we all need somebody in our life who's willing to just tell us hey that was really stupid mm. uh and and just to That's to good. be able to talk very directly to us so those listening take advantage of guidestone they are there they they do more than just mental uh wellness stuff that we've talked about today but take advantage of what they do um and again avail yourself of those resources Uh, Pastor Mark, thanks so much for your time, and just really appreciate what you're doing to care for pastors. Please keep up the good work and don't grow weary in well-doing. Thank you, Nate. appreciate it. Thanks, brother. Thanks for listening to the Baptist 21 Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Baptist 21 Podcast. To learn more about us, visit us at our website, Baptist21.com. Also, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. It would really help us out. If you ever have thoughts or ideas for future interviews, please reach out to us at our email, Baptist21 at gmail.com. Again, thanks for listening to the podcast.